I'm Jim. I'm the community life pastor here. And this is my wife, Robin. <laughs> She's having fun up here. And this is Derek and Alicia DeWitt. And so we're going to continue our conversation on loving your neighbor. We've been talking about that for several weeks and what that means and what it looks like and all the different kinds of people the Lord calls us to love. And so today we're just going to pick up on that conversation and we're going to talk about um, loving uh, our neighbors. Are you guys okay? Do we need to reset over here? <laughs> loving our right, neighbors with uh, special needs. And away we go. So... Um, I'm just going to kind of turn it over to Derek and Lish and have you guys just tell us a little bit about what it is that stirred your hearts and has you involved in ministering to people with special needs. Yeah, so Derek DeWitt, I've been attending Connection Point, been a part of Connection Point for about eight and a half years. Um, and uh, I, I happen to have a job where I work with individuals with special needs and disabilities. I get to help them and their families. Um, but then when they asked us if we wanted to come up here and talk about uh, loving your neighbor, those with special needs, it's like, well, of course I do, but why are you asking me that question? Um, you know, so I, I thought about it, and I just wanted to make sure that I got across that, yes, I, I do have a job where I get to do this for a living and for fun, but it, it doesn't make me an expert any more than it makes any of you an expert. I just, the only difference is that I have experience. Um, so hear that today, that uh, everything that we talk about, we'll talk about things in uh, specifics and in generalities, but I want you to know from the start that it doesn't make me better or more capable or more qualified uh, to, to minister to those with special needs. My name's Alicia, and I work as a school counselor here locally at West Lafayette Elementary School. Previous to that, I worked at a residential school for kids who have developmental disabilities, but they also have a mental health diagnosis. So they're kind of double whammied, um, and that's actually where I met Derek. Um, we worked there um, until um, a few years ago, but... Um, Upon leaving about six months later, after we left those jobs, um, we were in the pews and church service happened, um, worship ended, but we didn't really leave that moment. We just kind of stayed worshiping and um, both of us at the exact same time. And we looked at each other and said, what was that? We um, very clearly, God was talking to both of our hearts about individuals with special needs, specifically at that time, uh, kids, but we didn't really know what that looked like or why he was talking to us in that way. Um, and so we continued to pray about that for about a year as God just bit by bit um, kind of laid on our hearts that we needed to begin a special needs ministry here. And so with the help of Andy and Bailey Nelson, which they were in first service, and uh, Katie Stewart, would you stand, Katie, so everyone can wave at you in your mask? <laughs> there she is. Um, anyway, with the help of those guys, we really were able to um, create a ministry here where uh, we have a buddy system and also uh, Wednesday night classes for adults. So we're going to just kind of jump into, you know, as we uh, talk about what it's like, uh, you know, talking to, having conversations with, ministering with, or being around people with special needs. There's a few do's and don'ts in, in what we do there. So, uh, you know, let's just kind of jump into that and just talk about some of the do's and don'ts of conversations with people with special needs. 
Yeah, sure. So um, there's definitely some words in the past, I think, that are were used a lot that are no longer used. Um, the R word, if you're not sure what that is, you can ask me later, but that's a word that we just don't use. It's not appropriate. Um, there's other language that people use sometimes. I'll hear things you would not say or like, look at that cripple over there. Or uh, I was at the store the other day and I saw an autistic kid. Um, instead, a really um, loving way is to remember that they are people first and to not put the label before the person. And so if you're unsure, you can always say, I saw a kid at the store who has autism um, and those kinds of things. I think other times people get caught up in conversation um, not knowing how to say the reverse. So if you're talking about a group of kids and there are um, three kids with special needs and then three kids, like, what do you say? <laughs> you can't say normal because then you're saying that a child with special needs is not normal and that's kind of unloving and not really fair. Um, so things you can say um, would say um, a neurotypical child or a typical child. Um, that's perfectly acceptable. You can also say things like someone with special needs, people with disabilities, or people with different abilities. So <clears throat> I'll, I'll take it back home for Jim and Robin. It's like, okay, so they have Brady. And some people have probably said to you at one point or another, like, Brady, oh, he has Down syndrome, so he just... He's just so sweet, isn't he? I'll let you talk about that. <laughs> well, yeah, and it was always annoying to me, and I never understood for years, but people would come up to me and say, oh, he has Down syndrome. You're going to love him. And I'm like, I kind of already do. He's like my baby, and <laughs> he's my little boy, and I really do love him. And, um, and then they'll say things like, oh, Down syndrome kids do this and this. Does your kid do that? And I'm like, well, my kid just does what we do because he's part of our family. So just about every character that he has, someone in our family has it. You know, <laughs> he's just acquired it from them. So, yeah, it, it was just kind of an annoying thing. And kind of with that, though, people would say, oh, you know, Down syndrome, they're so whatever. And, and it's almost, and I, I tease around about this, but, but they're kind of talking about him like he's a breed of dog or something. It's like, well, you know, yes, he's a boy who happens to have Down syndrome, but, you know, it's, he's not, you know, he's, that's, that's, he's a boy first. And I'll just say right now, he's all boy. Uh, 13-year-old, it's, some things are universal. We'll just say that. <laughs> so any other do's and don'ts that we cover what you wanted to there? Yeah, so, yeah, there's kind of the do's, some of that, some of it's, and then kind of switching from that, it's a little bit more of all of us, you know, we're born with just because of the country you live in, where you live, whatever, where you've gone to school, where you're raised, part of the country you've been in. And so we've, we all develop mindsets about everything and how we see people with special needs. We just don't realize that there's some mindsets that are there and some of them are challenging, mm -hmm. you know, as we just encounter and try to help people that have that. So what are some of the challenging mindsets that yeah. we deal with? Yeah, so some people uh, might not know what special needs are. Like, how do, how do we look for that? Or some of us might be, like, really aware of what special needs are, and then we kind of ignore them in the store, right? So uh, just kind of having that in your mind of, okay, so we think of special needs or disabled disability. You know, we, we use the term disabled, and 
Uh, I came up with an example last night that I was thinking about, how do I explain this to them? When we think of something being disabled, we think it doesn't work. It can't happen. So when we use the term disability, we might automatically think, well, there's something wrong with this person or it doesn't work and this can't happen. But I think a better way to think about it might be thinking of a smartphone. We have Bluetooth and we have Wi-Fi on our smartphones. And when we turn off the Bluetooth because we don't want to connect to our car speaker or our external speaker, we're not turning off the phone. We're just not allowing that part to work properly. You can still use the speaker of your phone to listen to music or listen to somebody on the phone. But then you could also think like, okay, so if we turn off the Wi-Fi, it doesn't make it no longer accessible to the internet. It just, you have to use the internet that's on the phone, you know, connecting. So uh, it doesn't mean that it can't work. It won't work. It just works differently. Does that make sense? Okay. I think what I would think about what you're saying is that Honestly, um, we all have special needs, and every person does. And I think that everybody is just the same, and, but we all have special needs. And you can think about it, and you'll figure out what yours is. <laughs> yeah, so there, along with that, there are two general uh, ideals here where there's a physical disability. So somebody might be uh, using a wheelchair to get around. So that, that would be like an example of a physical disability. There's also uh, cognitive or developmental disabilities. And those are more like uh, a low IQ or somebody who's suffered a traumatic brain injury or uh, severe cases of ADHD, things like that, where uh, autism, Down syndrome, you know, there are some type of developmental delay um, that they need to work through. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think just sometimes that, that mindset of feeling like someone can't do what we can do, even though it's just something different, um, a lot of times that leads to um, separation or putting them in a separate classroom or a separate area. And um, I just think like if I put myself in their shoes and um, people were always just kind of politely smiling and walking away and never really engaging with me, um, especially if that happened in church, that that would feel an awful lot like silence from God. And that's not at all true. And that's, um, that's not how God's family is supposed to work. So, yeah, you know, I mean, the good news, you know, we've been talking about this. I don't know what really when we began this conversation earlier in the, uh, in the, or in the spring, when we were just talking about don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that word transform, metanoia, you know, you can, you can change your mindset. So, you know, we, we may have these mindsets, but we can change them. So that's, that's a great thing. So, you know, if, if those are some of the things that you know of or what, uh, or you've dealt with, or even part of those are, are the way you think, just simply say, Lord, show me how. Holy Spirit, show me how I can change that mindset so I can honor these people the way that you want us to honor them. And so, uh, obviously, the best way to change your mindset is to, is the word. And so, what does the word say? I mean, you, when we talk about, yeah. you know, people with special needs, what does it say about? Yeah, what? so, it's, uh, I almost use the word littered. It's not littered. It, it is just everywhere throughout scripture, you know, and, and it's put there on purpose. <laughs> Litter is just whatever. I, I got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's there, and it starts in Genesis 1. God says he created us and he created us to be like him and in his image, you know, and those with disabilities are still made in his image. It's, it's great. 
Um, and then we'll skip all the way over to Luke 14. So we'll go to the New Testament. And Jesus tells a story. So I'm going to read a couple, couple sentences here. Jesus tells a story. So a man prepared a feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guest, come, the banquet's ready. But they all began to make excuses. And one of them said, well, I just bought a field, so I need to go inspect it. Could you please excuse me? And another said, well, I just bought five pairs of oxen. I need to go try them out. Can you excuse me from this dinner? And then finally, a third says, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant returns, and he tells his master what they had said. Jesus continues with the story, and he says that his master was furious. So he says this, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town, and you'll, you need to invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Yeah, just to add to that, just repeatedly in Scripture, over and over, um, Jesus places extra value and honor to those who could never pay you back um, for a feast like that. And um, it's kind of a wonderful example of God's upside-down kingdom and how we're to love. Um, you know, Jesus wants everyone to know that all are welcome to the table and all need to be welcome to um, even our places of worship so they can engage with uh, the word and, um, and just really feel like they can be a part of God's family here on earth as well. But um, in the U.S., 19% of the population have a disability. So I want to put before you kind of a tough question. Why don't 19% of the people in our churches have special needs? We're missing out. Yeah, and I think to go along with that is um, I've noticed, like, even in that our culture puts a, talk about mindsets, puts a, a price on uh, people. And when you go to an adoption agency, it costs quite a bit, like in the 30,000s, to get a white Caucasian baby, and it costs considerably less to get a black baby or a baby uh, that's biracial. And then uh, it costs zero to get a child with special needs. Absolutely nothing. It's free. And that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it does. That's hard to hear. We... We don't want to, this is why we're having this conversation yeah. today. We don't want to continue to perpetuate any of that type of feeling for a family or um, anything. And it's, it doesn't look like that here yet. Uh, in the big C church, the, just the Christian church, because um, they, don't they don't necessarily have a place to belong, right? We talk about that word all the time. Let's have them find a place to belong. And we're trying to create that. Um, but they don't, they don't necessarily have that. 1 Corinthians 12, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important, they're actually the most necessary. God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. Yeah, I want to say something about that too. Is, uh, I just, I always, whenever I hear that scripture, I'm just like, God's MO is to take the unlovely and use it for his glory. He does that all the time. I see it. I witness it all the time. It's like my favorite thing about God is that he, he just takes 
what's unlovely or what we feel like is wrong. And he just makes it right in my life all the time. And I know in yours too. And it's just, it's his MO. I love it. I mean, that's really redemption. You know, only, only God can do stuff like that. Take this. I, the longer I live, the more I marvel at how he can take the most awful circumstances and turn it around and bring redemption of it. I've heard so many people, maybe not right away. I, you know, friends and people over the years in ministry, you know, 35 years of ministry, maybe 20, 10 years later, people will come back and say, I can't believe how God can take that situation and use it for his glory. And, but he does over and over again. That's just how he works. Yeah, and I think it's because he uses, he's, he's willing to use anybody in saying this, like he will use us. He will use you. He will use a person with special needs. He will use a donkey, you know, and literally he will use you to, to advance his kingdom. So, um, and that's how it is with, with people with special needs. They're, they're no different than us. He's, God can use them. I think there are some um, some hurdles that a lot of times people with special needs need to get through. Um, thinking about all of us, we've experienced coronavirus and that feeling of isolation and being um, set apart from from everyone, and um, it's been really hard um, for a lot of people. And I think that that's just one small little taste of what people with special needs have have always felt. Just that isolation. Um, a lot of times that comes with living in a group home or um, maybe living with like a caregiver. And if the person doesn't read or the group home won't take the person to church or they don't have a ride to church or they, they don't have access to view online, um, you know, this very easily could be viewed as uh, another people group. We could put on that black wall out there. They're, they lack access. And if we don't go to yeah. them, how will they ever hear? One of our former pastors, Don Austin, used to, one of his uh, messages I still remember a lot. He talked about that Jesus came for the least, the last, the little, and the lost. And I remember that quite a bit. But that just really lines up scripturally, you know, as we're talking about, you know, what does the Bible have to say? You know, Matthew twenty five forty. you know, if you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. So, yeah, you know, Jesus, like you said, upside down kingdom, that's, you think, wow, for the least, you know, it's so counterculture. You know, it's, it's those who are the, the greatest that seems to get all the props and the attention. And Jesus always targeted the least, the last, the little lost. That's just how he works. And it's, it's awesome. So, okay, so let's just kind of transition a little bit. So how, what do we do? How do we, how do we really love uh, people with special needs? Yeah, let's, um, let's have conversations like this. Let's reflect on that. Let's not make it too complicated. Yeah, right. <laughs> ask, ask the question, uh, are we including them? Or are we isolating them? So the thing that's been great about coronavirus, we have, we, you know, there's, there's very few, right? But there's some things that we can find. The thing that's great is that we've been able to finally experience the life that most of them live all the time. The isolation. I want to go back out to eat. I want to go to the store. I want to hang out with my friends. I want to go do this and this and this. This is what this is how they live all the time and always have. So don't let the annoyance or the frustration of staying at home be a hindrance. Think think about are we including them or are we isolating them? Just in our daily things. So if and when you're having friends over, social distancing, all those things, 
Are you including them? Is there someone on your street? Is there a family member? Is there, do you ask them the same types of questions that you're asking? Um, you know, in a public setting, we have a, we have a separate class for adults. We don't for children as much as possible. We like to have them here and, and a part of what the kids are doing. But for the adults, we have a separate class. And to be honest, uh, I have that set up here because I want you guys all to see, hey, they're here. They're available, but I want them to be a part of the same classes that you guys are doing. I don't, I don't want them to have a separate other class, really. I mean, it's, it's a means to an end. Like, I want them to be seen, and I want them to get out there. So ask us questions. Ask them questions. Like, how can they be a part? Where do they have a place to belong? Yeah, I feel like that, honestly, as a parent, uh, watching my son, I feel like that he thrives when he's with everybody and not just kept in a room with certain people or different people. He thrives with all kinds of people in his life, just like every child does. And so it's important. And, and I have to say, I'm just going to skip to this point, but uh, growing up in church and having Brady in church, because honestly, I have met a lot of people out in the community uh, with Brady being in therapies and things like that. I've met a lot of people who have kids with special needs. And one thing I've noticed is that none of them go to church. And, and like very few can go to church and there's a lot that don't. And honestly, they're a group that is unreached. It's an unreached people group right in our own backyard. And, um, and I just think it's important and I love the fact that God put it on Derek and Alicia's heart to uh, start this ministry in, in our church and, um, and have special church. Um, I can't even describe to you um, having to come to church for 12 years and having to constantly think about on the back of my mind, what is Brady doing? What's going on with Brady? What does he need? What is this? And trying to minister uh, the heart of God to children in, in Kids Cove. And I literally, there were times when I was like in a moment and you only get a moment or 30 seconds to, to really put Jesus into the heart of a preschooler. And I got them all in the palm of my hand and Brady comes running through the door screaming or yelling, mom. And so like, I, that's how I've had to minister for all these years. And, and so when this ministry was started, it was the most amazing breath of fresh air that I've ever received when I, when I walked in the door the first time and Katie Stewart was there to meet him, took him off, and she learned him. She took the time to learn who he was and she uh, just stayed with him. I didn't have to think about him the whole entire time he was here. And I could minister and I could be a part. And I was like, it was an amazing thing for me. This ministry is going to be very effective to reach an unreached people group that needs to be reached. Yeah, it was, it, and, and I'll, I mean, double, double, triple, whatever she's saying. Um, she's saying it in a way that's nice, but really, it was, it's really, it's, it's, it's a huge challenge when you walk into church knowing that you're here. And, and God, you know, has ministry giftings and things like that. And, but, you always are just carrying that weight and wondering what's going on and how's he doing and is he taking care of it. And it really, I mean, breath of fresh air is one way to say it, but man, Katie just stepped in and not just, hey, I'll just kind of hang out. I mean, she she really got to know Brady 
and love Brady, not just, oh, I'll just kind of whatever. And because he's, uh, you know, just like any child, there's a lot to, to understand and know. And I, I mean, the first semester, I was like, oh, that's great. And then she came back again <laughs> and again. And I'm like, wow, this is legit. She really, I mean, she really loves Brady. And, you know, not just like, oh, whatever. And I mean, wow. I mean, Katie, you, you know that. You're just like one of our heroes in the way that you've, and what that means to parents who it's 24-7 all the time. And so to have somebody else who partners with you, ugh, it's just, it's totally different. Totally. And that's, and that's what you guys are doing. You're partnering with, with parents and it's, it's awesome. So talk more about how you guys are doing that. Yeah, even through our adult um, adult group, it's been kind of amazing just how the parents and caregivers, we end up, um, you know, texting with them and partnering with them and praying for them. And um, it's just this kind of neat uh, ripple effect that things that we weren't even really expecting, but um, just God's using all of these different ways. Um, I spoke with Bailey Nelson, uh, one of our other group um, members who helped us start this, and she gave, she's has a daughter with special needs. And so she gave us some really practical tips of things that like you all can do. Um, cause it seems like this big, scary thing if you've never jumped in, but, um, she said, you know, just remember they're a person and just ask questions and just to get to know them. It doesn't even have to be a question about their disability. It can just be like, what, are, what kind of things do you like? What do you not like? Um, and, uh, her husband, Andy, had reminded me, even between services, of just um, remembering that people with special needs, there might be some things that they can't do or can't do as well, but there might be something that they're really great at or something they're really interested in um, that kind of like is maybe to us seems out of balance, but it can be even a gift. And it's a quite a beautiful thing. Um, she said, just focus on getting to know them. Um, a lot of times people will automatically talk to just the caregiver because they're afraid that the person with disabilities can't understand them. Um, but I would encourage you to, you know, just be intentional about talking to the person with special needs. It's really um, a good thing. And um, she said, be understanding, but don't treat them differently. Um, if you have a birthday party, say, and you're inviting the neighbor ki neighborhood kids and there's a kid in your neighborhood that has special needs, invite them and have the same expectations and rules for them that you would for all the other kids. Yeah, it really blesses my heart um, when I see Brady at school and I see all of his friends around him and he um, is thriving and, and the people, the kids at school are just amazing toward him. Uh, there's a group of boys that uh, actually spearheaded by one of the boys that go to this church, um, eats lunch with him every day. He makes all of his friends eat lunch with Brady's class, and they love it. And they gave up their lunchtime with, uh, with their friends just to, to eat lunch with all the kids that have special needs, and it's just so sweet. And then um, coming to church, I, Brady's grown up in this church, and I, I like literally wondered one day, you know, why the kids were like, not treating him so special or anything. And so I just wondered that for a while. And I thought, well, maybe they just need to be trained and talked to. And as parents, you need to. You need to ask me questions. You need to ask and talk to your kids about, you know, how, do, how can they affect uh, Brady's life? And also, uh, Tori was in the car with Rebecca and Daniel one day. She was in the van with them. They were traveling somewhere. And um, she was... Rebecca said, why does, does Brady go to Klondike school? Because he lives close to Klondike. And I said, she said, no, he goes to Hershey. And she goes, well, why does he go to Hershey? 
And she goes, well, you know, he goes to a special class. He has special needs, so he goes to the special class for him. And she said, wait, 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 what? He, Brady, has special needs? And she, like, had no idea. I mean, and it dawned on me, these kids have grown up with him. They have no idea. And so they're just like, he's just one of them. And I just love it because he goes to youth group now, and he's just one of them. And, you know, and they just, like, treat him like he's their their pal and their buddy, just like one of them. And I think that's how we can love, you know, a child or an adult with special needs. They're just one of us. So well, how do we move forward? I mean, as a church, believers, what are some things we can do to move forward to, to you know, in these kinds of things? Yeah, I think that um, one of the biggest things we can do individually is just be really honest about our own feelings that kind of come up. Maybe, um, maybe you don't have somebody in your family and you've maybe never interacted with someone with special needs or it's not part of your job. Um, but maybe um, when you see somebody, those kind of feelings well up. And I think for maybe the average person, if I'm being really honest about it, I think that those feelings are like inadequacy, maybe shame or guilt. Um, and just feeling that awkwardness of like, what do I say? What do I do? And I think it's okay to be honest about that. Um, there's a lot of unknowns with disabilities, and it's okay to just ask. Um, I think one of the really big things you can do going forward is just to be intentional and kind. Um, thinking about the mom in the grocery store, and her kids are maybe spinning out of control because they have sensory issues, and it's everything she can do just to get her groceries and get through the store. It's rough, and she's on her last leg, and you have no idea that she's been scolded by five people or given nasty looks because she's a terrible mom. She's not a terrible mom. She's just got a lot going on. So maybe don't be silent and walk past. Maybe offer a word of encouragement, like, hey, mom, like, you've got this. It's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think just remembering that life is messy, and uh, we are messy, we're all people, and um, we can come just as we are, and we can love those with special needs just as we are, and um, doesn't require a degree, fancy training, no certification, just to be a friend. She pretty well said it, but I like the way she said life is messy, and she handed you the microphone. <laughs> love you. Just real quick, I, I agree with all of those things, and it's it's funny to me that I am, I'm, I'm the type of guy that I like boxes and squares and I's dotted, T's crossed, black and white. That That's just my personality. It's a little easier for me to talk to people in the store and say, hey, you've got this and things like that. Just again, because that's my personality. But what's not my personality is helping those individuals that are a little different, a little, a little more messy, we'll say at times. And uh, things like that that aren't so cookie cutter because it's just not my personality. But what's great about that is I get the opportunity every time, and I, I didn't look forward to it before, but I really do now. I get the opportunity every time to, <laughs> instead of having a square, I get to have a curved edge, you know. I, I get the opportunity to be humbled, and Jesus asks us to do that of ourselves all the time. So I, I love that that's part of what I get to do when I interact with those with special needs or disabilities. So I encourage you to do the same. So, and you guys are always available. Yeah. 
Yes. To talk to and you guys are going to be out on Main Street. If anybody feels like when we're done here, you want to just chat or ask questions or, and you're, but you're here all the time. So not just this, they're not just here today. This is their church. So, you know, as, as we move forward and if, if, if the Lord brings people in your life or you have more questions, come talk, uh, begin a conversation on that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And also if you have, if you feel like God's moving on your heart at any time to help in this ministry, there's always, um, workers that we need or just people that want to be a special friend. And, um, you know, I have a family right now that's going to be coming back with a child with autism and they are ready. They cannot wait to get to connection point to sign their child up for special church and to have a buddy. And so it's very exciting for. Yeah, I love that. And it's like, oh, I can't go lead a class of fifth graders. I can't do all that, you know, have 12 kids running around or 20 kids or, you know, it's like, okay, great. Can you do one? Can you be a friend to one? I think we can. So, yeah, it's good. So really, you know, as we just kind of wrap things up here, uh, really, honestly, if you really are listening to everything we're saying, these principles apply everywhere all the time all in, in all relationships, marriage relationships, kids, all that. You know, I mean, the Lord just calls us to love. I mean, you walk out of the doors every week and you see that above there. What does love require? And that's really honestly what it comes down to, you know, as you encounter anybody, uh, the thing, all these discussions that we've had the last four or five weeks, that's what it is. Lord, what does this require of me? And, and, and to embrace it as, um, that's, uh, those are beautiful opportunities for the Lord to grow us, you know? So see it as that, you know, when you have these, uh, when you're put into these kinds of relationships, it's, it's a great opportunity to, to become more like Jesus. Cause as we said, you know, that's who he went to, at least the last little loss. So. So I just thank you for, you know, continuing with us in this conversation and being open to the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I'm hoping that more than anything, as you hear all of this, that this isn't just, oh, that's nice. That's good information. I hope that there's something in everything that you're hearing that the Lord, the Holy Spirit is impressing on your heart to do. So as you sit there and as you're sitting here this morning, if there's something that the Lord is asking you to do or to respond, please do that. Let's, let's make sure that we're always obedient to do whatever he asks us to do. And uh, so that, that's important, more than just an engagement of information. Lord, let our hearts be stirred to, to the heart, those things that stir your heart. Amen. So why don't you stand with us, and we'll just, um, uh, we'll just kind of close up our time here today. And again, Derek and Lisha will be out on Main Street if you'd like to just kind of head out that way. But uh, as you leave from this place, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. And may he give you peace. Amen. God bless you. You can go with God today.